Alex Coons, back at you, your host with the most. Man, we got another exciting one. This one we have with Chadwick Corcoran of Two Doughs. Chadwick has pizza running through his blood. He grew up in a pizza restaurant. His mom had a couple franchised Numero Uno pizzas in Agora Hills. Dude's been slanging and banging pies since he was five years old. Coolest kid on the block. He left the game, sadly, to start a real estate career, but the dough and the sauce brought him back, just like it always does. Chadwick, now the owner of Two Doughs, started as a mobile pizza oven, brought it into a brick and mortar. That's where we caught up with him. It's beautiful, just like his pizzas. And Chadwick is a scientist. He is a wizard of the sourdough. You can tell he is a king of the grain. Chadwick is the three wise men, the bran, endosperm, and the germ. This guy knows his stuff. Bill Nye the science guy would have a lot to learn from Chadwick. I've been making pizzas for 17 years and my head was spinning, but I think you're really gonna enjoy all the knowledge that Chadwick drops. We had a great conversation. We talked everything from forgiveness, sourdough, growing up in a pizzeria, and marketing. I know you're gonna enjoy this one. Chadwick from Two Doughs, Agorians Forever. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a special one. As always, I'm sitting here with Chadwick in the beautiful, my first time in Agora Hills. Agora Hills, welcome. At Two Doughs, baby. I got 15 questions for you. 15 ba bangers. 15 bangers. <laughs> <laughs> and out of those 15, we'll probably be another 15, and who knows how long we'll be here. Let's do it. I hope you got all day. I got all day, all up right. until like 1130. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. <laughs> all right, well, we're going to get into it. Uh, what attracted you to pizza, and who ultimately taught you how to make it? Oh, my goodness. This goes right into the beginning of my pizza life at five years old. I was actually raised in the booths of my mom's pizza restaurant, Um and I was stretching pies at five years old, and all the delivery guys would come in and ask, like, hey, when's Chadwick going to come cook us some pies? Because I ended up getting so good at it. Obviously, had some jealous uh, cooks back there, but... At no, five years old, you were a fucking <laughs> prodigy. Yeah, no, we were stretching out some New York-style pies. Yeah, at five, loved it. I was the cool kid at school, would show up with pizza on my lunch all the time, Use it as a bit of a bartering system. Hell yeah. But yeah, pizza's been in my blood for two generations now. What restaurant was that? Numero Uno. Numero Uno. Yeah. My mom was one of the OGs. She owned uh, the number five store, um, which was in Encino. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Did she have multiple units? Yeah. All right. Yeah. And then she, and, and then she, she no longer owns the Numero Uno. No, we actually built... Tudo's the concept out of the back of a numero uno. Wow. Yeah. We built it out of the back, and it was the hours after the hours, you know? It was an after-hours pizza it spot. It was an hours after the hours in terms of work, but we weren't slanging those pies until we bought our first uh, mobile wood-burning oven. Okay. You know? But, like, you were doing some R&D. All R&D. Behind, the scenes. behind yeah. the scenes. Yeah. He has to say that so there's no lawsuits. Yeah. yeah, well, no, tons of R&D. Actually, uh, Numero Uno was notorious for a lot of their own products kind of being shipped in, including dough and stuff like that. So for us, it was, we hit the ground on all, down to every little ingredient, you know, um, which was really exciting because at that time, we wanted to provide something that was like, whoa, and our own. Yeah. Um, so... Being able to get it from the ground up was the most exciting aspect. At a numero uno, is was there a dough machine? A uh, mixer? Yeah, a mixer. Uh, traditionally, no. Yeah, because uh -uh. everything was being shipped in. And there's rules yeah. when you have a franchise. Just so everyone who's yeah. listening that isn't from <laughs> California, because numero uno is special to yeah. this region. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the... The franchise, yeah, is special to this region. I think that they got up to about 80 stores but um, in their heyday. Uh, but I think they opened some in Florida. But it's They're still around, aren't they? California. Yeah, yeah, I think there's like... What would you compare Numero Uno to? Ten. That's a great question. That is a great question. Thank you. 
What would I compare numero uno to? Hmm. Well, in its heyday, in its heyday, you would compare it to like, like a Chicago, what, like a nice Chicago style pizza joint. Even though it wasn't Chicago style, it was Sicilian. Yeah, uh, which is totally different. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would hate to say this. This sounds terrible. I'm gonna do it. Do it. But like Pizza Hut. Okay. To a degree. Yeah. Dude, but a better Pizza Hut. A much better Pizza Hut. Well, I'll tell you this. Pizza Hut in its heyday, fire. And yeah. there is a time and place for Pizza Hut and Domino's and all those all those places are doing something right. Yeah. You know? No, for sure. So a better Pizza Hut. Sounds delicious. I can't say I've even had a, a numero uno. Yeah. Well, their Sicilian crust was... It's fire? Uh, oh, it's incredible. It's one... I, our our first dough that's my first love of two doughs dough number one was is an ode to my childhood dough of of numero uno the Sicilian style um, when we hit the ground running on on R and D you know that was very much the inspiration behind it how do we create something with that kind of flavor profile yeah you've been in the game for a minute for a long time in comparison to the uh, the Renaissance. That's, that's gone on after 2020 in the pizza community here and around Los Angeles County. That's you've right. Been, you've been slanging and banging pies since you were five. <laughs> but the inception of Two Doughs, 2016, right? Yep. Uh, and that is when you brought the, bought the pizza trailer? Yeah, we bought a mobile wood-burning oven from Fire Within out in Colorado. Um, and that was, was a journey in and of itself and the big ticket item, if you will, to start Two Doughs, you know. Um, and we hit the road with everything we developed. You know, it took like a good year and a half, two years. So from like 20, mid-2014, 2015 through to mid-2016, we were still tinkering around with all kinds of recipes, all kinds of ingredients, toppings, you know, everything like that. But yeah. And then I'm going to take a sidetrack from the question I was even going to ask. Yeah. So y you had been around pizza pretty much your whole life. Yeah. And you... Off camera, we were talking about you came from a real estate background. Yeah. So did you go off and do real estate or other things and then just decide, you know what? I want to do fucking pizza. I want to come back to these roots. I want to, you know, this is what what called you back? Honestly, what called me back was was my mom was and and the franchise numero uno was was kind of on its way out, if you will. Mm -hmm. And um, the big push, like the big inspiration behind it all was, one, mom's retirement. Two, I want to get out of real estate and I want to come back to the restaurant world. Mm -hmm. um, but just a little backtrack on like story-wise, I was delivering pizzas for my mom all the way up until before leaving for college. Making pies, delivering pies. Best job in the world. <laughs> yeah. Did uh, the bartending thing in college. Didn't leave the, the restaurant business um, for a couple years in San Luis Obispo. Came home during the Great Recession and thought, and you know, finished college. Thought I had to get a real boy job. Mm -hmm. So naturally, I went into real estate. Hell yeah. <laughs> million dollar listing, baby. Yeah. Actually did really well with it. Found an, a, a niche in like distressed assets and um, built a big business for um, for a, a brokerage that they weren't doing at the time, uh, acquiring distressed assets. Mm -hmm. And but I just hated it after, you know, five, six years. I was just like, I'm out. Mom, we need to rebuild. This is the spot to do it. And now's the time. And that's what what we did. I came back here and we started uh, hitting the grind on on building our own thing. And w was that around 2014, 2015? Yeah. Were you still doing, uh, do you still do real estate at all? No, no. I think during COVID, we, you know, we were thinking we were going to wrap things up and maybe hit back into the real estate career because we hit, I mean, COVID wiped us out mm -hmm. virtually completely. Yeah. Um, but uh, so that was like, Picking up some side side biz, doing that while maintaining the uh, the dreams of the pizza. Yes, uh, but um, but yeah, no. Uh, real estate is another love of mine. I mean, I love deals. I love uh, 
you know, business savvy kind of related yeah. things. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm really a pizzapreneur mm-hmm. um, first, yeah. you know. I very much celebrate the people that have helped this business along the way, which are chefs and really talented cooks and people that I've met and yeah. have been so generous with their time. So, the, Just because I've never talked to or, you know, brought up the franchisee conversation. So I'm a little interested and hopefully you can answer the question, but when your mom was going into retirement or like just kind of being like, all right, I kind of want to get out of this. Do do you sell your rights as a franchise franchise owner or do you, how how do you exit that game? Um, Honestly, she, when, when I say the motivation was retirement, it was how we going to build a retirement for my mom. Got it. Yeah. The, the business had, she'd been in it for so long and she had been grinding it out for 30 plus years, but numero uno, unfortunately didn't provide a lot to their franchisee, uh, owners down the road. Um, you know, but it was, that's just some businesses. That's the way they go. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's you know you could be a part of a corporate chain like Domino's that takes over, or uh, a different corporate chain that just kind of shrinks and consolidates down to a few stores. But that shit, that's where her bet was, and 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 that's where kind of what inspired going back into like, mom, how are we gonna rebuild? How are we gonna get this, uh, get your nest egg up, and 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 make this something that that we can that we're proud of. Yeah. Then when you started Two Does. Yeah. Um, with with the truck, yeah. Was the commissary at the Numero Uno? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, the pizza that you were making, you you make sourdough. I'll touch on that later, but that is probably much different than the pizza you were working with when you were five years old. Oh yeah. Sourdough. I'm not. I'm imagining uh, Numero Uno is probably all yeasted dough. Yeah, it was yeasted. It was. It was again. It was shipped in. So. Um it was a uh, very classic, like, I guess what El Presidente would call the football style. Football pizza. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> football pizza. Yeah. You know? Um, and so it was, uh, it was fun to toss in the air, slap out, you know? Yeah. Love doing it. Yeah. But yeah, sourdough, we started it right here. We had nine different flowers. In fact, the one that we went with was called the 9KA just because there were so many iterations of different flowers that we're using for starters and how, how they were growing, their, their smell. Um, you know, we were deep diving into bread techniques and all kinds of crazy stuff and what grains to use. Um, we ended up simplifying and getting it down to uh, an all-organic Type 85 from Central Milling that we love that uh, helps feed our, our starter because it's stone ground, but yeah. So what's that journey though? Like, it, because from somebody who I, I got into sourdough, but like, it took me a while to get like. That's not just something that like I was like, oh, I'll just make sourdough pizza. Like, yeah. it, how how and and how did you decide and and how did you even get into? Because there's a there's a craft we're talking about when you're talking about organic flowers and you're talking about central milling and T85. Yeah, you know you're not working with all Trumps and no no hate on all Trumps, but it's a very user friendly flour. You know, totally. When you're using bread flours and sourdough, you're you're signing up for a pain in the ass. Totally. So so how and why that that journey or that decision or how did you get there you know what's funny is my my mom had eaten a sourdough pizza years ago at this spot called wildcraft and before that i had worked with a guy named clark staub up at full life flatbread in los alamos he was really generous with his time and he actually came down um, i went up worked a, a couple catering events worked dough with him and staged and um you know, he really kind of invited that world of sourdough and how to deal with it. Um, but the journey was crazy. I mean, I was going home with like nine different core containers and feeding them and watching them. I think my sister thought it was absolutely nuts. <laughs> yeah, you probably were. I mean, you probably, I mean, anyone who de- deals with sourdough starter, I think you have to be a little nuts. Yeah. I mean, I could say that comfortably. We got to a place where we can manage all the variables in sourdough um, probably just a couple years ago. I mean, sourdough is such a nuanced and living thing that you have to like massage and know your mom, feed it on schedule, temperature, 
time, you know, fluctuations and all kinds of different things. It's very nuanced. You're it's, it's a living thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to get to what you're talking about, it, it's, Maybe sourdough isn't that that crazy of a thing once you've gone through the abuse. You know what I mean? Like you've taken fucking nine cultured pieces of dough yeah. home, watched it grow the way it grows, and over uh, a certain amount of years, you've dialed in how to take care of your sourdough. But it took maybe somebody throwing away your starter or fucking overfeeding or the heat killing it that you, you know you know your starter. Oh. A hundred percent. Are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah. I mean, even to this day, if it gets too hot in here, if it gets too hot in here, we're screwed. Yeah. You know, if our mom is over fermented over, cause it's on a 12 hour feeding schedule. I mean, every day you wake up, you're like, oh, I wonder what mom's going to look like. Dude. I, okay. <laughs> also too, you call this tower door like your mom. Oh yeah. That's right. the best part I about like, it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Cause it's like, it is mother dough. The best part is when I call, yeah. when I call my mom and she's like, you know, I'm like, listen, we need our second feeding right now, mom. You got to go feed the mom. <laughs> <laughs> go feed the mom, mom. Uh, so, yes. Okay. So you're, you're feeding it twice a day? Yeah. Yeah. It's on a 12-hour feeding schedule. Uh-huh. Um, we really prize ourselves in, and this is, of course, so you talk about, like, the pain and struggles of sourdough. Mm-hmm. Even worse, we like a really acidic. That's our t- our tanginess to mm-hmm. our dough is is what we consider our signature of two doughs. Okay, and to get that, you're sacrificing. You you increase the flavor, but you sacrifice structure. Yes. So your line cooks and your guys can be like, you know, like go fuck yourself. Yeah, this yeah. is terrible. What are you doing? But we have found a way. And I consider ourselves renegade bakers because we're not classically trained. The things that we've done are kind of nuts. Like we autolize, cool and autolize. We uh, ice bath our, our add water. Like we do a really cold fermenting on everything. Everything's cold. Mixing cold. Everything's cold. Um, so just really unique stuff to kind of maintain structure while maintaining high acidity mm-hmm. in the dough to maintain the, the tang and the flavor profile that we're going for. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a balance between structure and flavor, and you're constantly battling that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you. That was, that was good. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, everything you're saying, it's like poetry. Yeah. Uh, do you, is your starter 100% flour, 100% water? Yeah, it's 100%, 100%, yeah, it's yeah, 100% hydration. hydration. Yeah. Stiff Levons get even more tricky. Yes. Yeah. How, how big is a batch of dough? Um, well, 60 quarts, what it was. Yeah. We have a 60 quart mixer, which typically makes, um, I mean, all of our recipes are down to the gram. So how long are you mixing it for? Uh, we mix, well, we mix it twice. We build an autolyze first that rests for four hours in the morning. Oh shit. Yeah. And then with the sourdough, uh, uh, starter in. No. Okay. So you let it it, Okay. For four hours. Yeah. Not at least. And then, and then we'll, um, and then we'll do another mix for probably like couple of minutes on level one, we, we have a little like bassinage, a little add water mm-hmm. that kind of incorporates the salt and everything. Um, and that'll take probably about two minutes on level one and then like anywhere between like six and 10, really depending on like, like we keep everything cold. So if bowl friction is starting to heat it up or where the gluten's at, this is kind of the nuanced stuff of sourdough. It's not plug and chug where you're using commercial yeast. Yeah. You can see the changes. Like there's this thing that happens in our in our mixer. It starts slapping the back of the mixer yeah. and peeling off the arm. And that's when we know gluten formation is really like tits. That's yeah. where it should be. Yeah. If it's not doing that, we've got to wait that extra minute until it gets to that point. So it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, we learn, you know. I think that's the thing with pizza and bread. You there's like it's no finite. It's never finite. You can't just be like mix for two minutes, yeah. add water, mix for another <laughs> one minute. It has to be like watched. There's the technique. Like even when you're working the oven, you know what I mean? Totally. Your dough's gonna react different all the time. Yeah. Um. All right. What was I getting at with that? So so what? Maybe it mixes for a twelve. Is it a t- full twelve minute mix? Anywhere between eight and ten minutes. Do you only make say. one batch of dough? Or do you pu- would you pull out a batch, let that sit on the table, and then put it back in? No, like today we'll be making uh, three batches of dough, okay. but we have a big catering event. 
what's what uh yeah we do a 24 hour cold bulk that's what, ferment. there we go there we go so 24 hour cold bulk ferment and then we portion the next day and do another 24 hour um portion ferment no dough is sold here that isn't fermented for at least 48 hours it can extend but again we have a high acid dough, yeah, so, so you're it can want to use it within two days, right? Yeah, we can go up to 72. We can go up to 72 hours, no problem. Day four might get a little challenging. Day four starts turning back into starter. Yeah, but no, not really. I'm telling you, the flavor is amazing. It's you're struggling with it on the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The structure. Yeah, the structure. Yeah, it's just hard to work with, but yeah. You got you to gotta sacrifice for the flave. That's right. That's you always right. got to sacrifice for the, with the, for the flave. All right. Since we're on the, the sourdough stuff, what, what is the, today, what is the, the hardest part about working with sourdough? Honestly, it's temperature. So as the, as the temperature fluctuates, I mean, we can control our temperature in here up to a degree, but, you know, electric bills are high. So you're like, are we trying to keep this place at 70, 75 degrees all the way through the night? Yeah. Um, so it's it's that and then it's it's knowing start your starter so well that you can you know reseed your ratios to the point where you can balance the acid out a little bit yeah um for for like more layman's term it, it's like you know a one to one to one ratio of like flour mom water versus a one to two to two um ratio if you do the one to two to two, where it's mom one, two parts flour, two parts water, mm-hmm. it reduces your acid amount in the in your mom during really gnarly, yeah, <laughs> during really gnarly weather changes. Yeah, you got it. Like it's over fermented, and we're not trying to feed it three and four times a day. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just to, to confirm what we're, we're talking about here, you're talking about the sourdough starter is equal weights, what you're feeding it, water and flour. No, that's what we call our seeding ratio. Okay. Our seeding ratio um, is, and the bread bakers do it totally differently all the time. A lot of pizza guys will go like one to 10 to 10, uh-huh. leave it overnight. Yeah. Um, ours is Ours is higher. Ours is higher, but we adjust that with temperature. Got it. You know, like if it's over-fermented, we'll adjust our seating ratio. And you're, are you leaving your starter at room temperature? Oh, always. Okay, always? Yeah. yeah well, that's going to be at the acidity, right? It's right here, yeah. yeah. Oh, where is it? It's where is she? Underneath, underneath the bar. Don't nice. tell anybody. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have backup starters? Yeah, I've got one at home that's chilling for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. Have you? Has anyone ever thrown your starter away? No, never. Okay. And then... Uh, uh, with this starter, did you grow it yourself or did you get it from somewhere? No, grew it from the ground up. All right. In fact, like I said, we had like nine different ones going. That's right. And it was a big learning curve for those like first seven to 10 days, seeing if we were doing anything correct. <laughs> and then you just, but you, you picked the strongest one? Picked the strongest one, the one that didn't smell like, that smelled more like fruity, aromatic, and um, wasn't like, you know, because we were dealing with like Baker's Craft, the Beehive, we were doing um, uh, Rye, which was weird. You know, we were doing a bunch of different things. Yeah. And then that one was the most vigorous and smelt the most like fruity and what clean. you wanted. The Type 85 stone ground wheat, yeah. And that's what you f- feed the starter? Yeah. And is that the only flour that you use? No, no. Can we, you can you can can you let us in oh, on the 100%. blend? And it's all it's all organic. Yeah, it's okay. all organic from Central Milling. We have their Type 85, we have their High Mountain High Gluten, mm-hmm. and we have their Type Double O, all organic flours, and those are mixed. And you know everything in in pizza and everything in in bread. If if you're serious, everything has a reason behind it. The high gluten we ha- we incorporated because of our high acid content mm-hmm. in, our, in our dough. For structure. For structure. The type 85, because the stone ground wheat actually has germ that really helps your mom get vigorous. And we actually have the malted version. So, and that sugar will help it as well. Um, so, yeah. yeah, we're bread geeks. And it's better for you, right? Yeah, way better yeah. for you. Uh, get a little bit of that whole wheat in there. Yeah, in fact, uh, naturally leavened uh, bread unlocks the ash value or the nutrient-rich density of the grain. Yeah. Um, And that happens because the culture has millions of different microbes doing 
all different jobs as opposed to one commercial yeast strain doing one job, you know, other microbes in a wild yeast culture is going to do produce acid. It's going to produce acetic and lactic. It's going to produce CO2. It's going to break down the grain. All those different genetics are doing different things to the grain, which unlock the actual nutrient rich density, which makes it much more gut friendly and healthy. Usually, uh, I didn't know I was sitting next to a scientist, dude. Most 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 guys will just oh this flower is good oh this flower is good I mean it's it takes a long time for you to decide like hey I'm gonna use a mix of three flowers you only you only feed mom one one type of flower no two types okay two types of flower yeah. and then you have a mix of three, three. in the actual dough yeah and then what is it twenty percent t the t eighty five from Central Milling close yeah, to that roughly. yeah yeah and then. And then was it just tinkering with the other two? Yeah, totally tinkering. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, because too much of the of the high mountain created a different product. Too little of it, then you were dealing with structure issues. So it was definitely a tinkering. The type double O is like we. I mean, it's just amazing, just the way that the grain is cut and yeah. how it performs in high heat. So you need it. You know. Um, were you ever using anything other than central milling? In the beginning, yeah, we we tried a few different flowers. And then was was uh, was two doughs always sourdough? Always, or, always, always, yeah. a, always a full Levon. I mean, we messed around with Biga and Poolish. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, Clark, um, Tom Douglas from Serious Pie, who had a blog, and I was like connecting with him a lot up north. Um, he just like had like a, a general blog with like a chat underneath mm -hmm. it. And he was, he kind of released the fact that his pie was a poolish. And that's when we started getting into poolish as well. Um, but found that with a full Levon and of course the most painful, difficult way, you find the hardest way to do it to create the product. Mm -hmm. <laughs> is, of course. Is a Levon, is a sour, is a full naturally leavened sourdough. Yeah. Yeah. You were trying, were you using a poolish and sourdough? No, okay. never. Right, we, right. we messed with it, but right. landed on the most difficult one. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, masochistic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pain for pleasure. I feel like some of this industry, just people are, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. You, you, got, you, you did. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> to be in this industry, you, you must love pain. The struggle is real. There is no easy day. An easy day is when. You know, there's just a little bit of pain. Yeah. You know? I can feel that. I can feel that. But I can also say I'm very hopeful that we can create something that is less painful but with full of passion. Well said. Yeah. Was the brick and mortar always a goal? Because, 100%. Because the, the, the truck was around from 2016 yeah. to, and this opened up in 2022. Yeah. So it was always the intention Brick and mortar. Yeah. Well, and, and that's what, in 2018, we were touching on this. In 2018, we signed our first contract to a, a residency in a beer and wine garden where we paid uh, a gross net um, rent, basically, based off of our sales. Mm -hmm. And we were built into it, and it was like, functioned like a brick and mortar. I mean, we had pizzas, we had a full app, app menu, we had salads. Um, so that was our first taste in brick and mortar style, but we shipped all the food into it. And then, and then when COVID hit, it was, it was brutal because they shut us down three different times. And then LA County drew a line in the sand with whether or not you were a bar or a restaurant and even beer and wine gardens that didn't have a built in restaurant license were considered a bar. And that cut us out completely. Um, which was tough. Yeah. But Yeah. To, I digress, but ultimately, brick and mortar was always the goal. It was about getting something we created out on the road, and then catering took off. And that catering was like a was just a mean is 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 an incredible aspect of the business that can um, help you get to your next level. And you are can you continue to cater? Correct. Con yes. We continue to cater. In fact, you know, we would love to do more catering. It's just a function of 
resources. So there's you don't have a separate team or people that are on call for catering, do you? You just use the same team here? We do use the same team here, but we also have a couple additional guys that are on call because you can't, I mean, you can't, unless you're, uh, which we actually got up to that point where we were like a four-day-a-week, three different crews going out. You can have more, you know, more full-time, like guys with full-time jobs. How often are is that is that truck blazing up? Uh, now it's blazing up every week. Okay. Yeah. Like once a week. Yeah. That's pretty. Once to twice a week. Okay. Yeah. And are you going out on those? Yeah. Okay. That's kind of still my baby, as well as you know. Um. Yeah. I mean, we do both. It's it's a grind. Yeah. I think that that's why we've shrunken some of the catering stuff is just because it's it's really hard to perform well mm. on both of them. Are you cooking from raw out there? Oh yeah. 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 You're stretching it all and oh, yeah. throwing it out and yeah. Um, and and you're doing all private events. Yeah. You're not doing pop-ups or anything. No, we uh, we've fortunately don't don't have to do the pop-ups anymore. Yeah. However, we we love like like a collab here and there would be a lot of fun. Yeah. But yeah, no pop-ups. Pop-ups we we did as a as a means to get our name out, um, and have anchors in high volume, high traffic places. Yeah, and you know we had those when we were building and starting. But now that our name is is big enough, and we're you know don't necessarily have to have those. They're yeah. not the biggest profit drivers either. No, and there's nothing. It's never guaranteed. Obviously, exactly. that's not having the guarantee. And then you bringing your truck out there and. Yeah. Um, Let's see here. Well, uh, I thought of a question while we were talking. I try not to do that. Uh, two does. Two does. So I, I think I get it. Uh, you have two different does, correct? That's right. Are they two different recipes? And I think we're talking about a square and a round. 100% different recipes. One's a yeasted dough. Oh, shit. Yes. We, we are doing yeast. Yes, we All are right. doing yeast. We don't. Yeah, we don't hate on yeast. One's a uh, yeasted dough. We use fresh yeast. The technique is totally different. A 24-hour uh, cold ferment. Um, it's a focaccia-style stretch throughout the day, twice stretched. You know, uh, we par-bake it off. Mm -hmm. It's um, and we actually use the high mountain high gluten flour. Perfect. Yeah. So we use different flour, different process, different recipe. That one's much more rich. I mean, we incorporate like oil and some sugar it's a very classic like you know what i envision the grandmas that moved over from sicily uh originally made you know in okay. new york for their families all right yeah. are you italian not italian nice <laughs> nice nice <laughs> but, but I, you really painted a picture there yeah i liked it yeah uh the the squares so they're fermenting for 24 hours yeah so they do a portion ferment portion ferment the then do you stretch them out or you, you stretch them throughout the day and let them sit for 24 hours before you par bake them no throughout the day so we portion we do a bit of a bench rest then they cold ferment then they get panned then they get stretched twice throughout uh, the day for like eight hours and then par bake. Okay. Yeah. Love the par bake. The par bake's the key. It's the, it's you the cannot only way hate on the par bake for these pizzas, the Sicilian style pizza. You want that, cr that like crust to crunch a little bit. Mm -hmm. You got to go with a par bake. I think you got to go with the par bake. The, the, the sauce, and you start doing that stuff raw. I think if, unless your oven is blazing at the highest degree and it's going to be like that the whole time you're going to run into raw dough issues raw dough issues thank you for all those people out there that don't know about the raw dough issues of the sicilian <laughs> thick crust well also people call the detroit which is a subcategory of sicilian well different pan but i mean are you using lloyd pans yeah yeah is it a 16 or 18 inch uh so it's the 17 by by 12 or 14 by 10 yeah 14 by 10 okay for your squares yeah yeah um why you get some flack for uh for par baking people giving you shit 
Nah, I just think that, you know, yeah, people are like, oh, well, you parbake. There's always yeah, this, yeah. this word traditional that gets thrown around. Yeah, the thrown around, yeah, yeah. You want a nice little crispy crumb. You want your frico to look nice. Frico. <laughs> That's uh, your wall of cheese to, to, uh, yeah. to all the, the lames out there. Yeah, but um, if you want the bread to have a little bit of crisp with some fluff, you got a parbake. I, I 100% think that you're going to get a better product every time with, with the parbake. Even like putting that in, putting that in the fridge. You know, John Arena is telling you to just freeze that fucker. No kidding. Yeah, you never heard that. God bless. If you if you, if you freeze it, you get even you get like an airier and crisper dough. That's amazing. Yeah, uh, you know who John Arena is from Metro Pizza oh, yeah, in yeah, Las yeah, Vegas. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the dough yogis. He's dude. one of the yogis. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah OGs yeah. for sure. We actually ate there at Pizza Expo in 2018. Did you go to Pizza Expo this year? Did not go this year, but been every other year. You like it? Um, minus 2020, of course. Love Pizza Expo. Yeah? Yeah. Rubbed a lot of cool shoulders. That's where I met Chris Bianco, who's, man, the guy's the nicest guy just, ever. Just, I know, he's just like, I have like three friends that brag about like him just giving his phone number away. And I'm yeah. like, I think, considering that all three of you have his phone number, I think he might do it for everyone. Yeah. But they're like, no, dude, he texts me back. I was like, well, where's the fucking dude get the time to text you back? He's like, ah, oh, no, man. He's like talking about eating a sandwich and... It's a good question. Yeah, he seems he like such a fuck. I mean, he seems like one of the coolest guys ever. He he's like Anthony Bourdain. I think is like one of the most like just seems like the coolest guy ever. And Chris Bianco kind of has that same vibe. Just like totally. I'm just like I don't give a shit. I'm fucking yeah. No, hundred percent. Daniel Uditi's awesome too. The guys that like slow rise pizza. Noel, really cool dude. Noel's, like, Noel's a wild guy. Yeah, yeah. But no, I mean everybody in this industry. You go to Pizza Expo because you get to hang out with. With the dudes. Yeah. The dudes in the industry. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you get to check out new equipment. You get to check out, you know, people, what they're doing. So, yeah, we loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't you go this year? Honestly, because of because of this brick and mortar. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. We yeah, were, it, was, it was right around your opening. Yeah. Yeah. And we did Los Angeles Pizza the, uh, the Pizza uh, City Fest? Pizza City Fest. How did that go? How and was that? By the way, Steve Delinsky... Shout out, dude's the man. There he is. That's the, the camera man. Look. Yeah, Steve Delinsky. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, it was amazing. Really, really cool. I, it was so well done. Professional. I mean, we hope to be there every single year. That's what everyone said. Yeah. I didn't get to go. I think it was my wife's birthday weekend, but it looked like, you never know. I think that those things could be like a disaster, especially it being the first time. Yeah. And it was just, it was just butter, the whole thing. Butter. Yeah. Smooth. I mean, the support, like the teams of people, everything that was built out, the time frames, like uh, parking, it was perfect. And cooking was easy. There was no problem with the oven or anything. Because you no. never know what you're going to get in an event like that. You didn't take the truck. You were cooking in a Pizza Master? Pizza Master. Nice. Like lined up for days. How like, many dough balls did you bring? Well, we did We did our Sicilian. Oh, shit. Yeah. It was so, so we had like a hundred and plus. I mean, we served, it was a ton of dough. Yeah. 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 You had over a hundred Sicilians? Yeah. God <laughs> damn, my dude. Dude. Did dude. you, how many fucking pans do you have? It's like a hundred thousand dollars in Lloyd pans. I know, dude. No, we, uh, we don't have a hundred thousand dollars in Lloyd pans. <laughs> <laughs> At least not in this building. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, we lock them up. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but, um, yeah, we brought a ton and just sheet trade a lot of them. Yeah. And then, and then we're like flipping pans back and forth. It was crazy. Yeah. But it was a lot of fun, man. And, um, you know, we hope to be back. We can, we hope to get maybe both does next time. Yeah. Just like really make it hard on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that sounds really fun. Yeah. Yeah. We like it hard. Yeah. For sure. It sounds like it. It's not the, but, you know, if it ain't hard, uh, I don't know where I was going with that, but, uh, you know, <laughs> nothing is easy if you want to make something great, you know, uh, do you, uh, do you recommend every shop take full advantage of like some kind of catering, um, without like program? Doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. I think that catering is definitely something that is, there's still a huge market, like, like segment where, where you can grow. There's, there's just a ton of events that people are looking for quality caterer still mm -hmm. i mean we you know 
yeah, we, we, it would be hard for us to, to facilitate everything that people ask us to do. So there's plenty, plenty of room in the market for anybody looking to get into it. And you're doing everything from like what, uh, weddings to festivals still? No festivals. No festivals. I mean, you know, if we were invited to like big name festivals, it would, it, it, you know, that would be kind of, we'd be honored to be a part of something cool like that. But we try to, uh, keep it at, uh, weddings events we even do baby showers and smaller stuff yeah you know because it's because it's easier you know teams are really successful doing it Mm -hmm. um and uh we can knock those out yeah so yeah let's get into the really hard stuff here nitty-gritty uh tips for marketing Ooh, how are you how are you marketing what's the what's the secret here bro i grew up in a time where Instagram wasn't really, I mean, I think that my college years, Facebook came out, but so I'm still a little behind the curve. Are you running your own Instagram? I'm running my own Instagram, but nothing to the degree and the artistic beauty of hot tongue. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I know. No, uh, uh, but yeah, no, we're, we're doing it. Marketing is, uh, is an, is an interesting thing. I was really fortunate at the beginning and really focused on website, web development, and SEO because we needed to create a funnel of getting catering jobs. And how to do that was through technology for me. I had to, had to. And one of my original partners who I bought out, who I loved to death, he owned like a web development part. He was a part owner of it. So it was, it was just a symbiotic relationship there on marketing and developing and then it's about leveraging your relationships like i said before we had anchors at breweries in high traffic areas that really helped us um generate traffic up about catering like we do catering we do catering we do catering mm-hmm. um and then beyond that there was obviously instagram um you know, we would hit up a lot of different venues like wineries and things like that. It, it's really about leveraging relationships, too. I mean, we've been really fortunate to know a couple of people in the catering world that really helped us, too. Um, but, yeah, marketing's an animal that you've got to get on. And we, we went the route of, of technology, and it worked out great. Well, I think that's the best, probably the best route. You're yeah. talking about sales funnels and SEO, and that's like stuff that a lot of pizza owners aren't really thinking about or talking about, and sometimes it's hard to understand. Yeah. You know, even just the conversation we had about Toast Pro before these cameras turned on about how it keeps it keeps people on your actual website, which helps your SEO. Totally, totally. Yeah, it's about, in terms of like business and how you have to think about it is if you want to start a catering company, how are you going to get leads? And the biggest thing that's going to drive your business is generating leads and then cultivating those leads and going after them with a little bit of a real estate background that was helpful. Yeah. Um, so, so building a a, a funnel from your website where people were sending you emails saying, Hey, I'm really interested in this, in this party that I want to have. Then you needed to basically facilitate those leads create contracts and quotes and a system that kind of nurtured those leads Mm -hmm. and then it just grows over time yeah yeah great information uh do you think that uh that instagram really has pull to to bring customers in 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 a digital way like is that something like i think we put a lot of weight on instagram at least that you hear that from people but I feel like, and thank you for the the kind words. I just think that like the amount of time maybe you're like I put in personally, so I could go off the grid for a week, and I'm not going to see any fluctuations in sales. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, and yeah, I know restaurants in Los Angeles that don't even have an Instagram, and like they're doing fine. Sure. So, I mean, do you do you feel like it's a nice thing to have? Do you, would you pay somebody else to do it? You know, social media is is definitely a beast. Yeah, but when I think a lot of the stuff you mentioned is is a li- almost and definitely more important. I think there's day to day for sure in a business that you need to generate business from. 
you need to market directly to generate business from. I think that Instagram, and again, I was kind of, this is generation gap, but Instagram is over time to build brand equity. I think that people get your name out there because of your creative content or your pizza. I know that like pizza guys have followed us for so long because of Instagram, not necessarily because they've come out to our spot or anything like that. So really it's about that brand over time mm -hmm. recognition. Yes. And that's where social media has been great. Are you getting direct jobs from it? Maybe. I mean, we've gotten DMs for jobs all the time. Yeah. So that's a good thing for sure. I think that there's a way to train people to go to your website from Instagram, which can help your lead generation. Okay. I think that um, they're definitely building more tools that are like business friendly to generate you know, business from it. Yeah. But, and, e and an easier way to track that too. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. So, but over time, I think it's a brand equity thing. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um, what is the best way, especially having a catering side of the business, what is the best way of staying consistent in product and in service? The best way, um, is, I mean, I think that my two motivations in this business are the people here, our team here, our employees, and our customers. And I think that what mo drives me every single day is how am I going to serve them well? And if you want consistency, you have to really serve your employees well and your product well and have good systems that people are learning from without learning and have um, just a dedicated passion of oversight and service to that, those two different arenas, the customers and your employees. And I think that that's what generates consistency no matter what, uh, whether that's in catering or in the restaurant. I mean, I think, you know, that's what generates it. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. As a full on masterclass in 60 <laughs> seconds right there. Um, what makes a perfect pizza to you? Ooh. That is a tough question. A perfect pizza. Unachievable. The cheesiest crust. Mm. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know? I mean, it's, it's a subjective question. So it's just, what, what is a perfect pizza to you? I think that you're coming from like doesn't exist. Los Angelians. We're, we're like Los An La Angelinos. There it is. Los Angelinos. I like we're Los like Los Angelins. <laughs> It's Los Angeles, baby. <laughs> no, we're coming from like renegade pizzolos over here. We don't have DOP and VPN and certifications and you got to stay in this box. We've got like no box, no rules. What makes the perfect pizza? Guess what? I created it. Check it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, and each pizzapreneur is saying the same thing. Like, I create it and check it out. Like we love what we do. It's got our stamp on it. It's got our name on it. This is, you know, it's got our struggles written into it. Like check us out, you know? Yeah. So. And that ladies and gentlemen is a soundbite. <laughs> that was wonderful and explained. I mean, I used to ask like, what is an authentic LA slice? Yeah. And it's just, I think that you just nailed it with like, it, it's the slice that I'm making. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's, it's the, it's, it's the pizza with no rules. I don't, you're not trying to do anything other than yourself. Yeah. Without a doubt. And I think that that's what makes a Los Angeles pizza. So it could be different things, which is kind of dope. You're thinking like, yeah, it's got your unique stamp on it because you've got no rules and you're a renegade pizziolo that's just creating something awesome. There you, you go. Do you remember the show Renegade? No. Are you that old? How old are you? I'm 38. I'm 38 too. The Dang. show Renegade on Fox, you like drove around on a motorcycle. Oh, it was yeah. like Renegade. Do you remember Hercules? <laughs> Hercules, yeah. And Xena? Yeah. It was for like sure. in that same kind of time era. Oh, that's amazing. But I was just, you're saying Renegade. Yeah, I just think this guy Renegade just like flipping a pizza, just fucking <laughs> on a Harley, like, fuck you. <laughs> it reminds me of the arcade days. Well, I'm telling you, just uh, look up Renegade. It was, it was a sick show. Uh, any advice you can give on hiring or retaining great team members? Whew. Again, I think that touching on like, how do you serve your employees well? You know, I mean, I've learned through my own personal 
difficulties, you know, how do I serve people? Well, how do I, um, how, yeah. How do I not be a boss, but be of service to them, to their goals, to their, why they're here. If it's a stopping place or a destination, how do we serve that? Well, and, and there's really no rhyme or reason. We're, we're in a different time. I mean, the struggles are real mm. with, with employee retention mm -hmm. and in our industry. I think we lost a ton of people that never came back from COVID. Um, so, yeah, really, it's just it's service based to on two sides, the customers and your team. Yeah. It's uh, it, it's good to look at it that way. The yeah. two sides of things. Yeah. Another beautiful answer. All right. What is something you can share, a hard moment, uh, a struggle that you really learned from that, that helped you in your career? Oh, man. Dude, this has been, I mean, people, I think, call it a labor of love because you, you are in such a struggle at times that there's no other, like, condition that, that would keep you going unless this like total naive, like unintended, huge amount of love that you're like, dude, I'm just, I'm an idiot. I don't know what I'm doing and I'm just going to keep going, um, through all this mess and through that mess, it works on you. It can, it can destroy you. It can, it can, you know, mentally rip at you. Um, you know, you can go the route of booze, drugs, you can do a lot, you know. Um, and I think that I think that getting through those challenges to stability is probably my 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 song, you know, um, definitely coming out to a place where I'm stronger. Like what doesn't kill you makes you strong. I know what it's a cliche. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Song fucking slaps. <laughs> but yeah, for real, that's kind of. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta swim yeah. and keep swimming and keep swimming until you find land and you can walk. And, and when you're on that solid ground, you know, it's because you, you've fought and done well enough that you're stable. And I mean, I'm a God fearing guy. So for me, it's all, it's all God, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. But that's me. Yeah. And then, you know, and like to have gone through those struggles too, you make that, that landfall. And when you get knocked down, it's much easier to keep going. Right. Exactly. Because like you said, uh, or we were saying earlier, this, uh, there's always going to be a struggle in the day. Yeah. It's just how you react to it. Right. That's exactly right. It's how you react to it for uh, sure. Uh, I mean, that's kind of what I took from your answer. I mean, you're going to, you're, you're going to, you're going to keep swimming. And what happens if you stop swimming? Yeah. You, you, you're you drowned, drown. Right. Yeah. That's it. Uh, man, just beautiful answers coming. I, I'm learning. I'm actually, I, I'm learning so much. Uh, all right. What do you think the startup mi uh, money for both of your concepts are? Well, I know the startup money for um, for a good estimate. You don't have to give us exactly what you spent. The, the startup money for Tudos originally was eighty grand. Okay. Originally, originally, um, getting the trailer, the business, like website licensing. I think it was like yeah, anywhere between eighty to hundred grand. Okay. But a brick and mortar is a different animal. Yes. You've got to really. Be confident in what you're doing because you got to take on debt. You've got to leverage any sort of assets you have. You've got to sign personal guarantees. Yep. <laughs> so you know, once you're into the brick and mortar, you're all in, mm -hmm. and and that you've got to be capitalized too. So you know, you're going to probably want at minimum of a half a million dollars. Five hundred thousand. I agree. At minimum. At minimum. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and then, and then how much, what was the square footage of this? This is 1,100 square feet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. It'd yeah. almost be nice to just have a million, right? You know, it would be really nice to just have one billion dollars. <laughs> 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 you could do it for a half milli, but uh, yeah. if you have a billion. Yeah, you'll be fine. You yeah, can open you, up a couple you, of you'll them. You'll probably be fine. Um, 
I forgot to mention we were talking about struggle and uh, uh, the the question before this. I wanted to touch on it because I kind of wanted to hear this story mm. before I take up more of your time, but I don't want to forget this one. Your truck got stolen yeah. at the beginning of the year. Dude. And talk about waking up or, or you never know what's going to happen, you know, running a restaurant and being an entrepreneur and to wake up and your truck be stolen. Can you take me through that story and what ha- what happened? Yeah, it was horrible. We actually, what was crazy is it was right in front, right here, where these cameras are set up. There's a little space right here that it's parked. And you think to yourself, wait, there's no way anybody's going to have the balls to take your custom 6,000-pound 17 foot with a massive Tudos mosaic tile on the outside. Yeah, it says your name on it. <laughs> it says your name on it with like sinks, the whole nine, and just rip it, rip it away. And even crazier, I was betting on the fact that it's so impossible because the way that they're, this particular oven is built, it's like you need an F-250 minimum or mm-hmm. you need a weight distribution hitch or else it's going to – so you can't take it with any truck. You can't take it with an F-150 unless you have this crazy – whammy barred weight distribution hitch that's custom built to your truck yeah so i thought impossible nobody can do it i mean unless you have a massive truck and you really want it and it's custom but going through the story i woke up we were here at you know 5 45 starting bread i was actually training a new bread guy i i had walked i think in through the back door or the front i'm not really sure but vividly remember sitting in out here and doing paperwork with him and just kind of introducing him to the team. Here's the W4 and mm-hmm. here's our onboarding package. And I looked out to my right and I was like, huh, that spot looks a little empty. And my heart just like, like, Oof. Like the whole, like, you know, in those moments, like, you're just like, like life is taken out of you, you know? And we were just like, uh, the trailer's gone. And, uh, I ended up calling my mom right away. I was like, mom, the trailer's gone. And she just massive gasp on the phone. Like, what? We called the cops. They came, um, for those of you that don't know, the trailer's still gone. <laughs> and that's been like six, eight months. Brutal. What? My goodness. Yeah. Uh, if you have the trailer, bring it back, all right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you're listening. <laughs> this is it, a PSA. Yeah. If there's a trailer with a Tudos mosaic on the back, bring it in. Call don't paint over it. Call the number. <laughs> Do you, do you think that, I mean, like, like you said, you get, you would have, was there cameras out here? No, there wasn't. We actually had fake cameras. We kind of think like people did some recon because there was two fake cameras here in that like little, those little domes to scare anybody. And you would have to know that they were fake. And of course the cameras down the road were not working. And of course, like the cameras down that way were not working. So literally Nobody, we went around asking who, what, where. It was gone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, technically, the, uh, yeah, it was gone. Um, man, so did you, how did you deal with that? Were you, were you upset? Did you have resentment? Was there, you know, these things you could kind of like start, you know, start feeling sorry for yourself? Oh, for sure. At first, you're just like you feel really violated yeah. and it's a huge challenge. Um, but through the process, it was, it was about moving on. Right. And I think that one thing that I've learned just through faith, um, Jesus is the man, by the way, no doubt. Um, you know, forgiveness is an interesting thing because it doesn't, if you don't forgive, you, you keep the cycle, the chain going of like, of vengeful, like, how am I going to get back? How am I going to do this? And, and that perpetuates itself over and over and over again. So people that have been hurt in their life, people that have done things that have hurt you, 
and you maintain that posture of I'm gonna I'm gonna get him back. Well, that that chain never breaks. The only thing that breaks it is forgiveness. And that's why the power of God is so profound. Because and if and if that's what you believe in, that's what helped me get through something like that. Because I had to break that chain and be like, you know what? Like we got to move on. And those people, whoever did it. We got to forgive them and move on and figure out how to how to proceed. Because yeah, I guess if you don't, then you're just living in your own little uh, yeah. prison. Exactly. How yeah. do we get back at them? How yeah. do we, you know, get even? You know, let's find out who it is. Uh, you know, what am I owed? Yeah, there's really the, that's the problem. We don't we don't have the ability. We're fallible human beings here. Yeah. To balance the scales is just virtually impossible. Yeah. So. Well, that story of forgiveness could probably put that in any situation in the restaurant industry exactly you know what i mean that's yeah for sure well if you have that trailer hopefully it's getting good use and you needed it more than uh our man chadwick here yeah yeah hopefully but bring it back <laughs> so what did you have to buy a whole nother oven yeah we well we were fortunate we had uh, you had multiple? uh yeah we had a second like i said at one point we had three crews going out so we had a second one that functions well, we had to turn away a, a, a lot of big events and it crushed the momentum with the catering because we were really confident in what we were doing here and we were like building that back up. So it really slowed things down. That's kind of, but we're fine. I mean, we're doing well and, you know, people are still receiving the product really well, which is all that matters. Mm -hmm. And the customers in our community here, which... By the way, shout out to Agora Hills, born and raised in this town. Um, we're here to serve Agora Yuns, Ag Agorans, Agorians. Anyway, that was a Ron Burgundy moment. Angelins. <laughs> <laughs> shout out Agora Hills, dude. No, it's but yeah, community is the most important too. This is where we were kind of grew up and raised. So, I mean, and that product kept on going out good. People were receiving us well still a part of the community. There's a lot of good things to look to. There's a lot of, you know, things to be grateful for here in this space. You mentioned bread. Is that a different recipe than your sourdough? No, okay. no. Okay. I was no, like, no. this guy is a full-blown psychopath. No, no. What's funny, well, our focaccia we make in-house is an, actually an 85% hydration focaccia that we make that we want to expand into different things, but we currently use it as our garlic breads. That's is somebody good. getting here at six in the morning, oh, every yeah. morning? Oh, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it was me, but I mean, shout out to our guys. We've got a guy that's un awesome. Awesome. He's coming in and he's just the man. Are you making your own pasta? Uh, no. Okay. We, we, we would like to though, but it's just a function of challenging labor. That is a, I mean, you got a pretty massive menu. You 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 make your you make your own meatballs. We make our own meatballs, our own sausage. We you grind it. Uh, we do not grind our sausage. It, right? Yep. And then it, you, uh, what is like the percentage of your sandwich uh, sandwich sales? Uh, Off top, they're like six to eight percent. Okay, so yeah. is it a labor of love? It's. A I labor always talk of about love. this with people who do sandwiches because there's they're kind of a pain in the ass, and they're if you really want to do it right, you're making your own bread, and yep. then. To get back 8-10%, yeah. is it something you really, you love offering? Yeah, you've really, it's just system, your systems and your PARs have got to be on point, and you've got to just know what, what your sales are there. Yeah. And, um, and we repurpose a lot of our bread. So we repurpose it into our sourdough croutons, into our meatball mix, into, you know, different things that we use the bread for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's and we use really good meats too. Prosciutto cotto. We have uh, a, a copa that's really good, um, and a calabrese. Um, but we use the calabrese for pizza. You know, it's about cross utilizing things. It's about you know knowing your pars and yeah. stuff. But yeah, I see a lot of wine behind me. Did you did you hand pick out all the, your program? Hand selected. Yeah. Yeah, I actually was an agricultural business major at Cal Poly. Okay. Agribusiness, let's hear it. And um, <laughs> so I was fortunate to take some wine and viticulture classes, which um, started my love 
for wine. Mm-hmm. And Central Coast wine, really. Um, I think it's just some of the most fantastic wine uh, in California next to like Napa and Sonoma. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just doing amazing things out there. So we're heavy Central Coast uh, wine guys. The menu is very Central Coast. Love it. Yeah, I also love wine. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. but mostly just for the alcohol. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right. One of the last questions here and my one of my favorites. What is the greatest band of all time or artist? Oh, my goodness. And why? Wow. That's brutal. I saved the I saved the hardest one for Honestly, last. Honestly, my cousin Hugh is my entire music like guru, and um, he I, we went to Coachella's for many years and schooled me in music because he's so musically gifted. Um, but personally, I really don't know a lot about music, um, so I may say, let's see, the best band. Or artist. Or artist. To you. Man, that's tough. That's really tough. Kings of Leon has gotten me through some some stuff. Great band. Yeah. Great yeah. band. So we'll just go there. Okay, we're going Kings of Leon. Yeah. They've gotten me through some they got me through some some breakups, dude. There you go. Yeah, sex is on fire. What was there like oh, the, what year was that? Black Keys got me through the next girl. Okay. Also great band. Yeah. There you go. I, did you see? Uh, did you see them at that Coachella? Yeah, yeah, I did. I was there too. No way. Yeah, we were probably standing right next Dude, to each we other. Dude, we were for sure standing we're like next to each other. We're the same age. I'm pretty sure we're best friends now. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Did we just become best I friends? I think we're best friends now. Yep. <laughs> uh, all right. Where do we go to talk? Where do we go to check you out? Where do we go to do business? Where's the best way to connect? Dude, Tudos everything. Tudos.com. Tudos Instagram. Um, just at two does, you know, you can hit us up here at eight, one, eight, seven, oh, seven, two, one, two, one. Um, but again, we unplugged the phone. Yeah. We actually unplugged the phone for this. It, it was ringing off the hook. <laughs> Don't worry. That's the only time that's ever happened. I promise you, Agorians, it's never going to happen again. Agorians. I like that. <laughs> it sounds like some Game of Thrones shit. Agorians, <laughs> unite! <laughs> Chadwood, dude, thank awesome. you for your time. This was dude. awesome. Alex, I learned a you, lot. Bro. I'm a huge fan, huge fan of you, huge fan of what you're doing, and um, couldn't be more grateful that you came and did this, honestly. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah. Agorians forever! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh.